Yo, people, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show. Man, I am feeling so good now. I got my 100% back. And you know what? Before I even get into this, I should be out there commuting to a goddamn force to do the Spartan race. But you know what? I just had to do what was best for my body. And I have to listen to my body this time. Uh, and I, it sucks so much because I should be out there in the grit getting myself dirty. But you know what? I really didn't even want to do it. Um, So it just kind of sucks. But you know what? It's all good. There is another day. There are so many other challenges, of course, out there in life in terms of the Spartan races. So I will get back to it. I'm not sure when, but my goal is for next year. So I do apologize for everyone out there. Right now, I should be doing the podcast in preparation for the big race. But no, I do apologize for that. But you know what? I got some Stephen Covey for you guys, and you know what, bringing to you episode number 32. So here we go, I'm going to always, and I always talk about a quote right out of the book, just to kick things off, okay? Now, we're getting into relationship trust, okay? This is the second wave. There are 17 different behaviors that we need to abide by to, of course, build upon trust, or at least get that uh, that trust going, so... We're going to be kicking things off today. Behavior number one is tomorrow, and that is talking straight. That's probably the most critical one out there. But you know what? Here we go. I'm going to kick it off like this. The truth is that in every relationship, both personal and professional, what you do has far greater impact than anything you say. You can say you love someone, but unless you demonstrate that love through your actions... Your words become meaningless. See, you can say you want to engage in a win-win negotiation, but unless your behavior shows that you really mean it, you will come across as insincere. You could say your company puts the customer first. You could say that you recognize people as more important, you know, them being more, more of an important asset or whatever. But unless you actually do it, Your words don't build trust. As a matter of fact, they destroy it. So guys, a lot of you out there, a lot of things probably ran through your head while I was talking to you about this. And that's really, really good. Because now you can start pinpointing things in the past or something you're doing right now that doesn't invoke that trust, that doesn't build upon that trust. It's always say, 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 say. See, there are so many things that I'm going to talk about this more in full in my next podcast, but... There's a lot of backstabbing that has happened with me, like in terms of, you know, either Thai people or it's primarily Thai women, because they're very quick to flip the script, meaning they could be in front of your face saying, oh my God, thank you, and joking and laughing. Next thing you know, they will try to backstab the living hell out of you. I don't know why. Now, I mean, even my colleagues. Now, these aren't ties. Of course, these are the older men who are, <laughs> we already been through that, right? But it's amazing because there was one guy in particular by the name of Ian. Ian would come in and try giving people these chocolates and giving them this and that. And I would ask Nelson. And I'm like, Nelson, why does he do that? He's doing more withdrawing than depositing. Those are insincere emotional bank account deposits. What the hell is he doing? Because he would come in there and he would give chocolates to this girl. And then yet 15 minutes later, he would be in 
that specific room complaining about that specific individual. You're doing more harm than good. He would try giving me these things. I'm like, man, bullshit. You tried getting me fired two years prior to this. You sent my YouTube video to the to Mr. L Queer Man over there at the head office talking about, oh, well, why is this and this? All these ridiculous things. I just, just completely perplexed. But I don't know why these types of people do this. But, of course, your goal is to stay away from these people. And you know what? If your environment breeds them, you need to quit. Because honestly, man, you're just going to be in a whirlwind of negativity. See, I'm still amazed that my best friend, well, one of my great, you know, colleague friends, uh, Nelson, I'm surprised that he is still out there at that job, dealing with the things he has to go through. You know, having the students look at him, you know, look, you know, look down upon him because of the color of his skin. Being in that ugly, nasty, vehement, racist environment out there. I don't know how he does it. He's been there for, what, six years already. And honestly, man, it ain't even about pride. It's about literally your own well-being. I know he is far better than what they perceive him to be. And that's why I ended up leaving. So that type of relationship trust. Guys, remember, I talked about the emotional bank account a very, very long time ago. So we need to talk about how to build trust accounts. Now, we need to talk about, I'm going to go over this real, real, brief. All right. You got your deposits and you have your withdrawals. See, as a young individual, as a boy, as a girl, from the age three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, probably up to the adolescent age, you need to make routine deposits into your son or your daughter's account. Now, what is a deposit? It could be positive reinforcement. It could be things, you know, spontaneity. It could be like, hey, they come home from school. Let's go grab some pizza. They're going to be very excited and this and that. Now, again, each trust account is unique. I understand that because what they might deem to be uh, or what might you deem to be a deposit might be a withdrawal for them. Now, what is a withdrawal? Well, that's basically capturing their emotional being. So if they're not really happy about or you're not happy about a situation, you go home and you're just screaming at them and everything, they're going to go through a lot of withdrawals. And my youngest sister probably had the worst withdrawals I've ever seen because she would literally stay away in her bedroom. Now, I do believe that I played a role in that because we never had a really healthy relationship. My oldest brother, he would pick on me just as my oldest sister would pick on me up until probably around 2004, 2005. And then she knew, oh, he, okay, he's older now. I can't do that to him anymore. But my brother, my oldest brother, he hated me. So because he hated me, I felt the need that I needed to hate someone. And so I took that out on my youngest sister. Therefore, the, that, that bank account was completely overdrawn. And so now looking back on that, yes, there was, there probably was an opportunity to go back and salvage it and probably do things out, et cetera, et cetera. But like with my brother, it's completely over with John. It's, cl it's closed. The bank account is closed. There's no longer, there's no way that he could reopen that bank account to try to get anything out of it or to make deposits. Nope. It is completely shut down because he has always been like that. Now, I wish I hadn't done those things. I don't have any regret because, of course, this was never physical. It was all emotional. 
Um, but with my youngest sister, yes, that bank account, I did a hell of a lot more withdrawn than I did deposit in. And so, I mean, these are just situations that I've been through and that you guys probably would go through. So, I mean, my youngest nephew, um, or my only nephew, as a matter of fact, before I left 2013, he was already seven years old. I remember I would try speaking to him and he would ignore me. And you know what? My oh, my brother, of course, would say, oh, he doesn't like you. Well, I wonder why he doesn't like me. It's because it's mother. His mother, also known as my sister, would scream at him. He would see my, my sister, of course, being angry all the time, complaining about his sorry-ass father who was always in and out of a halfway house, an insane asylum, doing drugs, just jacked up with his racist-ass family and his racist-ass nasty brothers and sisters. I mean, could you imagine being in a tug-of-war between a traditional black family and a family where one's great-grandfather had a swastika in the basement? Yeah, 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 let's just put it all out there. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but I'm just trying to call it like how I see it. And so, by the age of seven, that young boy's, his entire bank account was already overdrawn. He was going through so many withdrawals. I remember the last day, he made me so angry. And I didn't even want to give him a hug. I still remember that. And I have no regrets. He's doing fine, fine. Okay, you know what? As long as my sister takes care of him, cool. He's doing great. But I remember I was so angry. She's like, oh, you know, you can come downstairs and, you know, say bye to your nephew. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, he's an asshole. Why is he an asshole, though? He wasn't born an asshole. Why is he an asshole? Because his mother. Because of his father. Terrible parenting. I'm not calling my sister a terrible parent. I'm just saying she has terrible antics. And you know what? When your son, what she's doing is what my mom and my father did to us. What my youngest nephew is seeing between the two of his parents is what I used to see. My mom swigging a knife. In my father's face. And you know what? Those withdrawals that he's going through right now. I was going through. That could ultimately disrupt the development of one's mind. A child's mind at a very young age. And so I don't know how he's doing now. This has been a very, very long time. Apparently he's like 13 years old. He looks good. He looks healthy. Etc, etc. But you know what? (sighs) My sister made the same common mistakes. That my mother had made. Because that same anger that my mom had, my sister ended up having. And she ended up doing the same dumb shit to her son as my mom did to us. Like my mom and my mother and my father, they never sat down and quarterly said, you know what? We suck. We keep arguing. Let's separate. Let's do this for our children. They never did that. They continued to argue over dumb shit, whether it was money, whether it was this. I don't know what it was because I was only about, what, nine to ten years old or actually eight to nine years old. But seeing my parents always argue and me wanted to be away from my house because they were always arguing. And if when my mom came home and my father was home, I knew I needed to be away from my house. See, they never sat down like normal human beings. So what do I learn from this? I know a lot about 
the withdrawals that a lot of children go through. And so, guys, when it co- when it comes to building those trust accounts, oh man, they're not uh, all deposits and withdrawals. They're not created uh, equally. Um, what you might see as a deposit, your daughter might or your daughter or your son might see as a withdrawal. There are a lot of things that we're going to have to learn to understand in terms of building trust accounts. So, I mean. If you look at it right now, if you say, okay, Arsenio, I see the way you are towards your brother, and it's because of things that have happened in the past. Absolutely. Now, my brother, he was one of those angry individuals, and this is why I said that account is completely closed, because there is nothing he does not want to change, and he's also pushing away his family members, too. Uh, Apparently, what I heard from my sister three years ago, um, because, again, he's always angry. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I've seen it all, and now I'm starting to understand, wow, I could look back on the past. Yeah, there are plenty of things that I could look back on and say, you know what, I wish I would have done that differently. I wish I would have done this or that. There are no regrets whatsoever, because regret is pure poison. But I say, oh, you know what, I wish I knew about these things earlier, because then I could have been able to da-da-da-da-da, but you know what, no. Because if I was just slightly better or if I had a slightly better relationship with anyone in my family, I wouldn't be here in Malaysia enjoying these beautiful things today. A lot of you guys would say, oh, well, wouldn't you like to, you know, you know, be back in touch with your family? Well, the thing is, when you get older, it's all about the family you create, right? So if I meet someone over the age of 40, he has a wife, he has three kids. If I ask him, okay, do you, what about your other family? You know, your brother, your sister, you'd be like, oh, well, my brother died. This happened. I don't speak to my mother, this and that. I mean, there are just things, forces that we just cannot overcome. And it takes two to tango. But as, as re, you know, while reading this and learning all of these different things over the course of my personal development career, there are lots of amazing things that I've learned about that I can apply to my life and that I can use with all relationships that I, of course, am developing at this present moment. So guys, this is the beginning because relationship trust, it means everything in the world. So you know what? We're going to be getting into the talking straight aspect of it. Plenty of stories to come, of course, tomorrow, but you know what? Check out the blog. I've finally written a blog on this because I had some time. So you guys be sure to check out that blog, and you know what? I'll be more than happy to answer any of your questions out there. (sighs) Until then, guys, stay tuned for the next podcast tomorrow morning. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, over and out.